new on Curiosity Stream. This bear's walking right at me. We'll see if he wants trouble or not. Follow filmmaker Casey Anderson as he gets an unprecedented face-to-face -face look at Alaska's fiercest carnivores on the Tracker's Diary, Bears of Katmai. Plus, why is a tiny island in the Pacific one of America's most crucial outposts? Discover the truth behind this mysterious Trans-Pacific stopover on Extremities Wake Island. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is your host, Pamela Clark, and you're listening to Education in the News. Welcome back. We have a lot of news stories for you today. So let's get right on into them like usual and, and uh, learn what's happening. So the first bit of news I have for you is from Ohio Ed Updates and it's state and local education news here in Ohio. The Akron Beacon Journal uh, had an article on LeBron James Foundation denounced plans for a multi-million dollar Akron medical facility. LeBron James has said it takes a village to help raise a kid and make a true difference. And Tuesday's announcement of the new Promise Headquarters further furthers his contention that a holistic approach is needed to make change not only in a child's life, but for the child or the student's entire family. The new I Promise Health Quarters will be the latest addition to the growing set of resources offered by James Namesake Foundation and will be situated right across the street from the now under construction House 330. Cleveland.com reports that Shaker Schools superintendent offers end-of-year reflections and updates. Despite some setbacks incurred by way of the pandemic, the Shaker Heights City School District continues to work toward a reconfigured goal of inclusion, learning, and experience and excellence. Excuse me. The district did make strides in 2000 or uh, 2000, 2021 and 2020s. Well, to school year through its strategic plan, quote, built on twin pillars of educational equity and international bachelorette program. Superintendent David Glasner noted in his end of school year address, which was broadcast online. And uh, the next story is from Fostoria Review Times. Van Buren Schools names new superintendent. The Van Buren Local Schools Board of Education voted in a special meeting Sunday to award a three-year superintendent contract to Jason Incrot, high school principal of Northmont City Schools, Clayton, 
Enkrot is expected to start the new position on August 1st. Brian Blum, who has served as district superintendent since August of 2020, has been hired as superintendent in Maysville Local Schools in Northwestern Ohio. Cleveland.com reports that Bay High School students graduate with diploma and Tri-C degree at the same time. Olivia Conshock just graduated from Bay High School. She also earned an associate's degree from Cuyahoga County Community College at the same time. She has the distinction of being Bay High School's only 2022 senior to achieve dual honors. In addition, she graduated from Bay Summa Cum Laude, earning a 3.9 to 4.0 grade point average. Uh, and at Tri-C, she graduated magna cum laude with a 3.7 to 3.8 GPA. Mount Vernon News reports that a homeschool, or homeschool graduation ceremony held in Mount Vernon on May 21st. Ten Knox County homeschoolers had a joint graduation ceremony on May 21st. The students are part of the Mid-Ohio Christian Homeschool Association known as MOCA. One of the parents, Deanne McLean, told the Mount Vernon News, anyone who lives in mid-Ohio can join. She said, quote, basically, we all work together to hold graduations and various other events. The graduation was held at Lake Holm Church of the Nazarene in Mount Vernon. And the Norwalk Reflector reports that teacher boot camp took place this week. And we are in week of June 7th, 2022. Um, and they said the Her Huron County Business Advisory Council is hosting the inaugural Teacher Business and Manufacturing Boot Camp. The boot camp will expose 20-plus local teachers to the community's leading industry sectors. The careers available within them and the skills needed to succeed so that teachers can better prepare our future workforce. And the Bowling Green Sentinel Tribune reports that two county school districts receive Ohio EPA education mini grants. Two Wood County school districts are receiving the Ohio EPA environment education mini grants. Eastwood Local Schools, Eastwood Middle and High Schools will receive $2,060 for eight grade science lessons, focusing on reproduction, adaptions, and natural selection of trout and what makes successful or unsuccessful habitats over time. The high school marine science class will monitor and care for the fish as they grow. Perrysburg Exempted Village School District Paul Prairie Intermediate School is receiving $1,506 to raise trout from eggs to fingerlings and facilitate the release in Ohio Department of Natural Resources approved location. The focus is on the importance of trout in biosphere, water quality, pollution, and restoration efforts. And Cleveland 106.1 FM reported that students in Avon Lake named New Bald Eagles Courage and Spirit. 
Students at Redwood Elementary School have chosen the names of, for the bald eaglets behind their school, and the winning names are Courage and Spirit. Eagles, in quotation stars, and quotation stripes, welcomed three eggs into their nest this March, but only two of the three survived. The school, the school says more than 60 names were nominated, including Raptor and Talon, Spangled and Banner, and Yankee and Doodle. The next uh, story I have for you is from Fee, and this was an older story that they've reshared, but it's um, titled, Let the Kids Work. There's a picture with this article, and it says that, um, if you want to look it up, um, it says the Look, we look at the pictures of newspaper boys from 1905 and say, in quotation, Oh, how sad that, that these kids had jobs. We are so much more humane now, exclamation mark. Jeffrey Tucker wrote this, by the way. The Washington Post ran a beautiful photo montage of children at work from a hundred years ago. I get it. It's not supposed to be beautiful. It's supposed to be horrifying. I'm looking at these kids. They are scruffy and dirty and tired. No question. But I also think about their inner lives. They are working in the, in the adult world surrounded by cool, bustling things and new technology. They are on the streets and in the factories and in the mines with adults and with peers learning and doing. They are being valued for what they do, which is to say being valued as people. They are earning money. Whatever else you want to say about this, it's an exciting life. You can talk about the dangers of coal, mining, or selling newspapers on the street. But let's not pretend that danger is something that every young teen wants to avoid. If you doubt it, head over to the stadium for the middle school football game in your local community. Or have a look at the wrestling or gymnastics team antics at the gym. And I compare it to any scene you may observe today at the local public school. The 30 kids sitting in desks bored out of their minds. Creativity and imagination beaten out of their brains. Forbidden from earning money and providing value to others. Learning no skills and knowing full well that they are supposed to do this until they are 22 years old. If they have the slightest chance of being a success in life, desk after desk, class after class, lecture after lecture, test after test, a confined world without end. Be very afraid. Yes, I know the Washington Post montage is a periodic reminder of the horrors and brutality of the age of capitalism. Oh, look how exploitive it is. These poor children are being chewed up and swallowed by a powerful capitalist machine that cares nothing for their health and their well-being. For all you people who think that the government isn't so wonderful, look at the world you would create should kids be allowed to work again. Let's never go back, they say. And yes, I'm happy to grant that most every aspect of life was worse in 1900 than it is today. Most people didn't have indoor heating. 
There were no washing machines or air conditioning. Forget refrigerators. Actually, electricity in homes was rare and dangerous. Travel was a luxury of the rich. Cars and air travel were dreams. For that matter, the standard of living today is vastly better than it was in the 1930s, 1940s, and 1950s. And so on, even up to the latest Snapchat Snapchat release. With an improved clown face, you can superimpose on your cat selfie. The market, not a progressive armed with the government power, does these things. It inspires innovation and disperses them to the masses. Why are we so isolating? Why are we isolating this one aspect of teen work and condemning it as hell on earth? By comparison today, everything except the absence of the income tax was hell on earth. The market gave kids choice. And there's a fundamental historical error associated with all these nightmare images of the past. What the photos don't reveal is that it was the market, not the government, that reduced and nearly eliminated full-time grueling child labor. Korylenko lists the myth to the contrary as one of the greatest of all time and cites the professional historian, consensus, industrialization, and economic growth brought rising incomes, which allowed parents the luxury of keeping their children out of the workforce. The laws against child labor didn't achieve national codification under the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938, by which time machines had largely displaced the labor children the labor children had done generations earlier. Earlier, it was also a useful change in the law from a political point of view. It helped shore up the power of labor unions against cheaper wage competition. Excuse me, an entire demographic had been deleted from the workforce and pushed by compulsion to the government, holding tanks for a full decade. It's not at all obvious to me why this should be something to celebrate. And let's be clear about the relationship between child labor and compulsory school. It is direct. It was at the very time the governments at the state and local level was banning labor for kids that these same kids were subjected to force in making them go to school. You can talk all you want about capitalist, capitalist exploitation, but it makes no sense to overlook a situation sur surely as problematic. Any kid not in his or her school desk was subjected to being kidnapped in the name of enforcing laws against so-called truancy. A system that worked without coercion was displaced by a system that depended fundamentally on coercion. But let's get real. All those photos dig deep into the past and conjure up weird dystopian scenarios. None of them, none of which have anything to do with today. If kids were allowed to work and compulsory school attendance was abolished, the jobs of choice would be a Chick-fil-A and a Walmart. And they would be fantastic jobs, too, instilling in young people a work ethic, which is the inner drive to succeed. 
and an awareness of attitudes that make enterprise work for all. It would give them skills and discipline that build character and help them become part of a professional network. These attitudes are rather missing from today's young people just entering the workforce. They are forcibly kept out and then we are shocked to discover that the average college graduate today has a hard time getting into his or her groove at the age of 23. It's because their human right to work and earn has been violated for a good part of their lives to the point that they have lost interest and knowledge of what works or what work is like at all. When I was a kid, you could look around the laws if you, I'm sorry, you could get around the laws if you knew the right people, or you could just lie about your age. No more. The laws are heavily enforced and an employer who hires under age is subjected to terrifying penalties. In theory, you can work from the age of 14, but the hours and tasks are restricted and the paperwork so vast that it is not practical. Same with 15. By 16, you can get a job, but the hours are still restricted and the type of work you can do is still limited. You are not really free until you are 18 years old, and by then there is too much fun to be had by doing something, anything other than work. Is it any wonder that they turn to music, pop culture, and drugs, alcohol, promis promiscuity, internet trolling, and so on? Idle hands, as they say. The Real Industrial Army. A century ago, we invented a system that imagined children as civic soldiers. Kids bolted to chairs with absolutely no skin in the game gave abstract information. Pounded into their heads by tax-paid instructors who teach from state-approved books. We push these kids through the system and deny them any chance to realize their human value and gainful employment in a community of productivity and real learning. Then we tell them to scrape together a hundred thousand dollars for yet another degree that will somehow gain them entry into the workforce. But all these demoralized and cynical kids end up with is an empty CV and a 15 year, 15 years of debt. Then we look at pictures of newspaper boys from 1905 and we say, quote, how sad that these kids had jobs. We are so much more humane now. It's time we stop congratulating ourselves for taking away opportunity from kids. It's time to let the kids work again. Wow, what do you think of that story? That article that um, Jeffrey Tucker wrote. You agree with it? You disagree with it? What are your thoughts? Love to hear from you. I know it was a long one, but I thought it was kind of interesting to share with you. Uh, we're going to do a quick commercial break, and we're going to be right back. Stay tuned. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. 
To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. At One Day University, we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. New on Curiosity Street, Louis B. Mayer, Jack Warner, William Fox. Hollywood was the city of dreams, but the beginnings were a nightmare. You will never work in this town again! It's Titans, the rise of Hollywood. And Merapi, one of the world's most active volcanoes. Can we better predict its next deadly eruption? A new expedition hunts for life-saving answers on exploring the volcano. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Hello, welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. You're listening to Education on the News with Pamela Clark. I'm the host. Let's get right back into it. Still have a lot more stories to share with you. The next one that I have for you is from uh, ASCD uh, Smart Brief. And uh, this is from, well, the story was covered from Edutopia. And it says, teacher combines math, comma, movement to support retention. Third grade teacher Elizabeth Peterson writes that she starts each math lesson by having students move in relation to a concept, for instance, using arm stretches to demonstrate parallel or squats to learn to count by fours. Learning by movement has shown to increase retention and brain activity, Peterson notes. Which may be onto something there, in my opinion. Um, I invite all of you to um, explore what Brain Gym is. It is something that you can implement into your lives, your everyday lives, and it has exercises for every subject matter. Why is that important? Well, um, these exercises help to activate both sides of the brain. Usually individuals are prominent on the left or the right side. But to be able to access both sides of your brain helps with learning. Uh, New Heights does have um, information on Brain Gym. If you'd like to learn more, you can you know, email us directly for that information. New Heights Education at Yahoo.com. And also, of course, look up Brain Gym on your own. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, this story was covered by Fort Worth Star-Telegram in Texas. And it's titled, How a Texas District Went All In on Science of Reading. The Fort Worth Independent School District in Texas has replaced a balanced literacy method two years ago with a phonics-based approach that aligns with science of reading and how young brains work, plus provides grade-level rather than skill-level books says Marcy Sorensen, the district's chief academic officer. The approach, Sorensen says, improves comprehension, vocabulary, and writing, with teachers reporting the students are showing improvement in their reading. Again, um, Brain Gym. 
Okay, this story was picked up by NNY360 in Watertown, New York. It's titled, Exceptional Games are Annual... I'm sorry, let me say that again. Exceptional Games are Annual Event for New York Students. Students from special education classes at area schools gathered at Carthage Central School in New York to participate in events such as running, t-ball, golf, during the exceptional games. The annual field day type event coordinated by the school's 12 honors class and faculty plus some alumni also gives students a chance to practice social skills, says teacher Maria Strife. Just a moment, please. Uh, this one is from Heckinger Report, and it's titled, Some States Make Asian American History Part of Lessons. A May report from the advocacy group Launch, and that's, uh, let me spell it for you, L-A-A-U-N-C-H, so it has an extra A in it, found that many Americans have limited knowledge of Asian American culture and the issues that Asian Americans face, writes Wang Zong, a graduate student at Northwestern University. Some states, Zong notes, have enacted recent legislation to boost teaching of Asian American history and culture in schools, including Illinois, New Jersey, and California. I invite everyone to check out our learning annex at school.newheightseducation.org. We have some courses on there that you might be interested in. Um, the Holidays Around the World course and uh, many others. So check that out. Okay, just looking through these. Trying to find some that are not repeats. Okay, this one was picked up by numerous um, news people. So, um, let's see, Adweek, Ad Next TV, Multi-Channel News, Media Post Communications, all covered this story. It's titled, Proposed Bill Would Ban Ads Targeted at Minors. Congress has released a discussion draft of the Bipartisan American Data Privacy and Protection Act, which, if passed, would impose federal restrictions on marketers' use of consumer data. Some of the numerous provisions include a ban on targeted marketing to children younger than age 17, a data broker registry run by the Federal Trade Commission, and the establishment of consumers' right to sue when companies violate the FTC rules. Here's another one covered by My Modern Metropolis, titled, These Wild Creatures Were Ready for Their Close-Up. Wild animals such as a viper, a jaguar, a Koopachin monkey, I probably said that right, or wrong, um, could be capuchin or capuchin monkey and an elephant were allowed to roam photographer to roam photographer Brad Wilson's studio so he could capture simple but arresting images of them for this new for his new book 
titled The Other World Animal Portraits. In each animal's gaze, we see a part of ourselves and catch a fleeting glimpse, glimpse of another world, a world we once fully inhabited, Wilson said. <clears throat> okay, bear with me for a moment. <clears throat> So, uh, I have some news alerts from Philanthropy News Digest. The first one is from is titled Archie Bray Foundation receives 15 million from Windgate Foundation. The largest gift in the Ceramic Arts Center 71 year history will fund its international artist in residence program and expand engagement with underserved communities to increase inclusion, representation, belonging, and equity in the ceramics community. Brown University receives $25 million in a com commitment, 25 million commitment from alumni siblings. The gift from Asha and Omar Shaman is the largest individual gift for international financial aid in Brown's history and will advance the university's path toward becoming the sixth school in the United States to implement need-blind undergraduate admissions for international students. Um, okay, I think that's all from that one. Bear with me for a moment. <laughs> okay, let's see here. <clears throat> I'm not going to share this entire one. Um, but there's an article by uh, Hannah Cox. She writes for Fee, F-E-E. -E, and um, there's an article called Five Reasons America's Birth Rate is Plummeting. And um, it kind of starts off as a, a flourishing society would naturally incentivize people to procreate. But there, that requires a steady currency, good job market, and relatively safe communities. The promise of a good education and economic factors that make it affordable to have and raise a child. So you could uh, go on feed.org and look that up if you're interested in it. I thought it was kind of an interesting um, article that you may be interested in learning about on your own. We will probably uh, publicize it in a future magazine as well. Just a moment. Sorry. Okay, this is a smart brief on special education. And 
This was covered by the New York Times and is titled Step Club at New York City School Gives Students Confidence. Shakira Daniel started a step club in 2017 at Brooklyn Transition Center, a Brooklyn, New York high school that serves students with special needs aged 14 to 21 as a way for them to connect, learn teamwork, and boost confidence. The students are getting ready to perform in the sty, a, t a take on the musical In the Heights that speaks to their Bedford Stuyvesant, Vescent, Stuyvesant neighborhood. <laughs> and uh, the New Jersey Media Group in Woodland Park, New Jersey reported that, uh, well, they asked a question of will New Jersey policies help offset teacher shortages? Despite recent rule relaxations regarding teacher certification incentives such as stipends and loan forgiveness for future teachers in New Jersey's in New Jersey, concerns linger regarding the availability of qualified educators in the state. A report from the New Jersey Policy Perspective finds that more teachers are leaving the profession than entering it with workload, stress, and pay often cited as factors. Kind of happening everywhere that way. Do you know anyone going through that? Um, I'd love to hear from you. Maybe we could share your story. The Robeson Lum the Robesonian Robesonian in Lumbertown, North Carolina, reported that interactive platform gets students moving and learning. A new software program that combines motion sensors, LED lights, and a projector is adapting a physical aspect to learning at L. Gilbert Middle School, says Principal Christopher Burton. The program offers games and subjects such as social studies and math, as well as physical education, mindfulness activities, and helps keep all students engaged. The Associated Press reported and asked this question, should police be present, should police be a presence in schools? Some school officials are calling for an increased police presence in schools after the recent shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Elementary school raising concerns among some black students who have opposed law enforcement in schools because of a history of aggression action, aggressive actions by police. Among these speaking out is a high school senior, Malika Mobley, co-president of the Wake County Black Student Coalition on North Carolina, who says districts should invest in more school counselors and other supports for students. Again, I'm going to say what I always say. Schools should be hiring uh, retired military personnel at these schools to help protect them. Um, okay, this story is from Health Leaders Media. And it says, University of Missouri to train rural clinic clinics clinic, sorry, clinicians on autism AI tool. The university will begin training primary care clinic, clinics 
M and staff in rural areas to use Canvas DX, an artificial intelligence tool for supporting autism diagnosis, in partnership with manufacturer Cognia, Cognia, Canvas DX will be added to MU's health existing model for diagnosing autism, on which the primary care providers will be trained, said Kristen Soule, executive director of the University of Echo Autism Program. I'm going to save that, so if you want more information, let me know. I'll share it with you. Next stories I have is from Smart Brief on EdTech. Okay, this was uh, this was covered by EdSearch, and it says opinion EdTech needs more science behind it. Companies that produce education technology often tout success using client comments and school case studies rather than hard data. With only 7% of EdTech companies using randomized controlled trials, according to EdTech Impact, educators should push for more rigorous testing, much like in healthcare tech, writes Fabio Segura and Simon Simon Somer of the Jacobs Foundation. And the Summit Daily News in Fresco, Colorado reports that teachers take on other community services in Colorado. Among the teachers in Summit School District in Colorado who have other jobs outside the classroom is Joseph Antico, a elementary school counselor who works as a private therapist in the evenings and on the weekends. Another educator, Lisa Ferguson, is an elementary school tech media specialist who runs Read with a Monkey, a summer reading program. This was covered by Globe Gazette, uh, Mason City, Iowa. Iowa District reflects the on first year of Virtual Academy. Mason City Community Schools in Iowa is reflecting on its first year with the Virtual Academy, which had 117 students enroll. The district is considered adding secondary courses for the high school, changing enrollment options so a student can change mid-semester and promoting the program using word of mouth instead of marketing. This was covered by Smart Brief Education. It's titled, Inside Support Can Help Teachers with Foster Students. Learning more about the disruption and barriers foster students have to education, such as trauma, stigma, frequent moves, and court appointments, can help teach. New on Curiosity Stream. This bear's walking right at me. We'll see if he wants trouble or not. Follow filmmaker Casey Anderson as he gets an unprecedented face-to-face look at Alaska's fiercest carnivores on the Tracker's Diary, Bears of Katmai. Plus, 
Why is a tiny island in the Pacific one of America's most crucial outposts? Discover the truth behind this mysterious Trans-Pacific stopover on Extremity's Wake Island. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Teachers better support their academic success. Former ninth grade teacher Ashley Tack-Tack writes in this commentary. Giving foster students structure and control over academics can allow them to mentally leave their troubles behind as they explore, create, and learn, says TACTAC, who now works at a program for foster students. Okay, let's see here. The next one I have is from... ASCD, uh, K-12 Leadership, and this was covered by District Administration, stated June 3rd. This says, leaders share different ways to put students first. In Mobile County Public Schools in Alabama, improving student achievement meant ensuring the right people were in the right positions, and in-house leadership academy helped the district grow in its own leaders says Superintendent Chrysal Threadgill and Florida's Collier County Public Schools Superintendent Camilla Patton was focused on engaging with data to drive improvements. While Superintendent Bridget O'Connell of the Palisade School District in Pennsylvania seeks students' input during comprehensive plan development and on interview committees for teachers and coaches. Okay, got a lot of repeats here. Don't want to waste your time with that. Um, all right, I want to move on to another one, I guess, here. This is from Ohio Ed Updates. And the Cincinnati Inquirer covered this one, and it says Ohio to spend more than $3.5 billion, with a B, on school safety, prisons, state parks, and intel projects. The capital budget, which now awaits Governor Mike DeWine's signature as the state spending bill, done every two years. It pays for brick-and-mortar projects and includes earmarks for community projects. Under the capital budget, around $100 million from Ohio's portion of the American Rescue Plan Act will go toward a school safety grant. Grants will be a maximum of 100000 per school building for public and chartered non-public school districts. Schools will, will have to apply for the money, which can be used for inspection and screening, as well as other physical enhancements. However, those that have already received prior funding for school safety recently will not be able to apply. And the Wooster Daily Record reports that school meal programs changing as COVID waivers end. Parents must sign up for free lunch. I shared this in my last episode, so I'm not going to go into it. You can go to Wooster Daily Record for that information. 
The Zanesville Times report, recorder reports that Zanesville City Schools safety grant will make student mental health top priority. The Zanesville City Schools is using state safety grants to foster an emotionally supportive environment for students. The Ohio General Assembly funded a $5 million K-12 school safety grant program, which was used by 98 schools across 27 counties. Participating schools have to lay out a framework that will improve the overall safety of their buildings, such as new security equipment, increased school resource officer presence, and more. John McIntyre, National Road and Zane Gray Elementary Schools, Zane's Middle School, and Zane's High School received the grant, totaling at $164,173,000. Um, I said that wrong, sorry. $164,173.58. And um, let's see. However, Z, or ZCS, excuse me is taking a different approach than traditional safety infrastructure. The district is working with Muskegon Behavioral Health to bring more counselors and to work directly with students starting this year. And the Youngstown Vindicator shared that a Spartan graduation, 346 get diplomas at Boardman High. The Boardman High School Spartan Class of 2022 had its commencement Sunday. The 346 graduating seniors walked from the high school into Spartan Stadium. The class has earned and accepted more than $3.7 million in scholarships. 26 first-in-class students earned a perfect 4.0. Eight four students earned honors the honor diplomas for rigorous coursework completed and 149 students are honors graduates with a 3.5 gpa or above and 45 earned the presidential award for educational excellence for superior academic achievement in math and reading cleveland abc5 reports that saint vincent and St. Mary team earns second in NASA's National Student Lunch Launch Competition, not lunch, launch. The NASA launch team of St. Vincent, St. Mary High School in Akron placed second in the 2022 NASA, NASA National Student Launch Competition. One of the seven Atremus Student Challenges uh, Artemis Student Challenges, according to a news release from the school, St. Vincent and St. Mary took home two awards. Second place in the Altitude Award, which is given to the team that comes closest to the, to the declared target, Altitude on the competition launch, and third for the Judges' Choice Award, which is given to the team with the best combination of payload, or payload innovation, vehicle design and construction, and public engagement. Also, um, from Cleveland ABC5, Cleveland students' artwork will be on display at Christie's New York. Artwork by Cleveland Elementary 
students will be getting some big time exposure in the Big Apple this week. Work by eight students from Mary B. Martin Elementary will be displayed at the Christie's Auction House this Wednesday as part of the Young Visions 2022 exhibition. They were among 30 artists nationally chosen out of hundreds of submissions. One studio institute art director says he helps he helps build confidence in children while they create art. Okay, this is also an ASCD smart brief. Got uh, quite a few rerun or uh, repeats. Um, okay, this was covered by the Enon News and Eagle in Oklahoma. Preschool moves back into Oklahoma Retirement Center. A community volunteer program in which the residents help as grandma and grandpa in classrooms is returning to Carver Early Childhood Center in Edith, Oklahoma. The program, which is housed in a living facility for older adults, began in 2009, but was paused because of the pandemic. This was covered by Tech and Learning. It says, plan to meet outside the school for fresh ideas. The summer break is for reflection and administrators should hold a brainstorming session or conference in a setting outside of the school building, such as in a park, church, or retreat center, suggests Keisha Ray, OK20 Connect, an education consulting firm. Summertime is also for recruiting facility and staff and considering how to use employees to maximize their skills. Apologize. Just have a lot going on and a lot of different news stories here to cover. This is from PND Philanthropy News Digest. And it says Lolo Lolo I'm sorry, Loola University in Chicago receives a hundred million dollars for scholarships. The gift from alumni's John Schreiber and his wife Kathy is the foundational investment for a planned scholarship program that will fund full scholarships, room and board, and wraparound support services for Black, Latinx, first generation, and other ethnically and racially diverse students. And UPenn receives $25 million commitment for Williams Syndrome Center. With the gift from Michael R. R. Milli, R. Let me do that slowly. R. Melino, the center will work to bridge the gap between the pediatric and adult care for individuals with Williams syndrome, which is a genetic condition that can present intellectual disabilities, anxiety, and executive function challenges.
bem. I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to repeat anything either, so you know me by now. I have to switch through a lot. Okay, so this is also from Philanthropy News Digest, and this is... This one is uh, for Charles Hong Foundation, which was awarded a $7 million to the Chinese hospital. It's the single largest gift in the San Francisco hospital's 123-year history. We'll fund redevelopment of the hospital's outpatient tower, expanding its capacity and services, and include a subacute care beds and mental health programs. Uh, they also report that Cornell University received a $5 million um, grant for student scholarships. The gift will establish the Rosenfeld Elgin Scholarship, which will support 170 students attending any of the university's colleges and schools in any area of study each year. getting down to the end of the show I have a few more to share with you this is from fee and it was written by John Milt Moore and the title of it is Google's plan to disrupt the college degree is exactly what the higher education market needs. And it says that in 2020, Google announced on Twitter that the company was expanding its education options. It was a direct salvo at America's 600 billion higher education industry. This is an, an actual older article that they've reposted, but it's still... Um, has some information that, that you may be interested in. Uh, I won't share the entire article because it is older, but again, it's. I thought it was worth mentioning to you. So just go to fee.org, F-E-E.org. Use the search and type in Google's plan. So it's Google with an apostrophe S plan. And it's titled, Google's plan to disrupt the college degree is exactly what the higher education market needs. We probably will share this in our magazine again. Um, so you can always watch for that as well. Do you have any news stories for us? Would you like to share something? If so, send it to New Heights Education at yahoo.com and we'll look it over. We'd love to hear from um, all different types of people. So, um, regardless of uh, what school your child is going to or that you're in yourself, 
you have a new story, we'd love to hear it. I apologize. Jeez. Lots of stuff going on here. A lot of repeats. <laughs> Probably will share one more thing with you as soon as I can find it here. Wow. Well, I guess not. Um, I can't find the other thing I wanted to share. And I think we are just about out of time. I do appreciate you spending time with me today. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Um, I want to remind you that we do have a show that airs on Sunday and it covers civil rights with Barbara Bolin. If you want to check that out, it's always, um, it's always uh, shared by 6 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. I would like to share with you that there is an issue with verbal, B-U-R-B-L, which is where a lot of our playlists can be found along with, uh, I think, 28 other networks. <laughs> Um, but if you go to our site, you usually click on that. There's, you can see our episodes, but there is, um, there, for some reason they're having internal problems and we haven't been able to upload the last few new episodes. Uh, you can, uh, listen on a different network and they are there. It's just verbal that we're having issues with. My show airs every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I thank you, and until next time. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.